0: Welcome back to the Always Aggressive Podcast. Uh, Corey Palomar lifts head coach Tony Ersland. and uh, that was the long wait is over. We have arrived. It is officially March. It is officially championship season. Uh, we are we are ready to go, or I should say, y'all are ready to go. Uh, hopefully, uh, as as the action gets going this weekend down in Lincoln, Nebraska, Big Ten Championships. Coach, before we get into national allocations for each weight class and pre-seeds going you know into the tournament and coaches meeting they'll be coming you know later this week to to finalize those The brackets will be out friday before we get into any of that just uh overall how are you feeling how are the guys doing what's the last couple weeks been like just what's the what's the mindset here
1: yeah i I think we're all feeling really good i'm gonna knock on wood first of all and just say we're 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 healthy right like everybody right now before we get on a plane tomorrow to head to lincoln is is ready to go and we'll be in the bracket right no no major injuries we got everybody there you know from a lineup perspective and that that is awesome um and i feel like morale right like morale as far as being excited about the opportunity is very high um had a good week of training last week. We squeezed a lot out of the kids, and it's been more about working to a taper now this week and keeping them sharp. And a lot of that, too, is just making sure everybody's excited about what they're doing. You know, as you mentioned, the, the grind is real. Big Ten's tough schedule. There's ups, there's downs. And, and you're always excited when you come out the other side and you're still excited about wrestling. Because if you're honest, there's some kids out there that aren't. You know what I mean? They're, they're, you know, wh- wherever they're at, you know, emotionally, maybe ready for the season to be done. And I feel like our guys uh, are excited about this opportunity and what they can accomplish as a team. You know, Tony,
2: you brought up, you, you, you said the grind is
1: real. The big 10 grind is
2: real. And uh, I think a lot of people assume that. And a lot of people say that, um, but I have in, in the preparation for big tens um, I got a couple notes here that like kind of illustrated a little bit better. Uh, Max Lyon. His last 49 matches of college wrestling going back two and a half years, 36 of 49 have been against ranked opponents. Yep. Like, that's absurd, right? That's absurd. That's, right? I mean, <laughs> that's,
1: absurd. that's uh, that is, I would incredible. have just said that life in the Big Ten. <clears throat> right. But I mean, last year wrestling a Big Ten only schedule. and Yeah. That, you're not wrong. I, 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 Yes,
2: I concur. You know, and the other one, Thomas Panola, he's wrestled 23 matches this season,
1: 15 of them against ranked opponents. Yeah, 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 so, and you know, and, and I say this as like, you know, it's, uh, it's a blessing in terms of it has you ready for these moments, you know, as long as you keep your head on straight, right, and understand, you know, what you need to do to be successful, and you all take it as learning, right? and you keep that confidence and that mindset where it needs to be, you are prepared. You know, it it can be a curse, right? It's it's always perception. It's always perception. You know, am I ready? Am I prepared? I've done the work. I've seen the best competition. If you look at it that way and it made adjustments and changes, you're, you're, you're in a much better spot. If you get your head down and you let it kind of defeat you a little bit, then, then it's, it's tough. Then it's one of those curses. You know what I mean? Um, But Max is right there he understands and we're talking about Max it's a lot this applies to a lot of weights as we <clears through throat> for sure uh, qualifications but man, mean as, as long as you keep your head on straight you understand the difference between a win and a loss is, is a finish on a takedown you know what I mean like that's where Max has been you know you know the, the 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 tight ones he's lost it's it's a finish here or a finish there in a situation And, you know, those can be turned around really, really easily or really quickly, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as you move into the postseason. So, yeah, it's it's tough. But at the same time, man, I I would say that should give you every reason to be confident still going into the postseason.
2: Um, Speaking of the postseason, let's go ahead and roll um, into late last week. uh, NCAA allocations came out. Uh, the big 10 conference was awarded 88 automatic qualifying spots for the national championship, which is about right on par with, with most years. Um, the weights were, uh, anywhere from 12 and 184 pounds, which is outrageous. 12 yep. to 14 guys. And honestly, it should have been 13.
0: I was going to say it could be light,
2: Well, we can get that yeah. later. We'll get to that later. Um, the lowest was seven at, uh, 41, 49, 57 and 65. So, yep. um, like most years, big 10 is going to take a boatload of guys. Um, yep. our kids going to collect a
1: lot of wild cards as well, right? Like yeah. we're at 88, but, um, as we discussed kind of how this shook out, mm-hmm. see a lot of wild cards coming to for sure.
2: Um, seven of our guys qualified their respective weights. um, with uh, seven guys ranked in the, the final coaches rankings uh, we had eight guys ranked in the RPI um, yep. which is which is a really good thing um, overall kind of what were your impressions of the uh, allocations and you know what you know I, we just talked about the grind of the big ten obviously so we don't need to dive into that further but just just the overall impressions for for what this weekend means
1: I, I think over old- overall <laughs> it's probably what we expected I could sit here and argue here or there about a guy getting overlooked but I mean seven is kind of on par with guys that did pretty good work this year you know so I, that that kind of shook out the way I would have expected it um, you know we, we maybe we had a guy or two get overlooked I mean that one guy just from an overall perspective Hayden Lowry didn't start this year with us and and had the uh, the RPI like we thought he would I felt like he got overlooked based on who he had beaten during the season and kind of what his overall season was. So um, a little disappointed. We didn't get eight qualified outright. Um, but Hey, you know, he's going to have his shot, you know, based on the bracket and, and everything else, he's, he's still going to have a strong opportunity to get to the national championships. And that's all you want. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, yes, it's the big 10 championships, but you still got to look at it as a qualifier, right? Like the goal here is to still come out of this tournament In the best possible position to make it to nationals and and still compete for national championships and all American honors like that's the goal for a lot of you know these these individual young men. Clearly you want to do well you want to be greedy and get everything you can whether that's a big 10 championship or third if you you hit the backside, but hey man, um, make sure that we give ourselves a chance to be in Detroit as well in two weeks. So every sport, this is
2: not unique to wrestling. Every sport is chasing the idea of a perfect national qualifying, you know, scenario. Yep. Um, but you know, there's no way we're never going to get there. Nothing's perfect. Right. Um, that being said, you know, you look at, you talk about a guy like Hayden who, who didn't, uh, didn't meet the threshold to qualify yep. another spot at 165. Um, I guess, what are some of your thoughts on, the allocation process and kind of where we stand uh, as a sport from that perspective?
1: Well, um, I think it's getting better. I do. I like a lot of the things we're doing. Uh, if you look at this kind of the data, you know, that where we're going, I think there's strong evidence overall that you're getting the right people. We're still fairly new to seating all 33 outs mm-hmm. and who lands on the podium from those numbers. So I, I don't know that I feel comfortable in telling you how that completely works because the sample size is still small, right? But I do feel good overall about what where the uh, qualification process is now versus years ago, you know, say 20, 25 years ago when I first started coaching. And what that looked like, I mean, it was not uncommon to, you know, go to a championship and, you know, you hit your numbers, right? However many, 7, 11, 12, and then people go in a back room and, and vote on wild cards, and you'd see guys go, uh, even though there might have been two or three guys placed ahead of them. I mean, that was that that was happening, and now you've seen less of that. So I think it's improved. Perfect? No, you know what I mean. Um, but I think we're in a better spot, and time will tell as we see when they seed this out all the way through if that's a good indicator of getting it right. You know what I mean? Um, you know.
2: I think a lot of this falls into, uh, scheduling. You know, you look at, you look at the, cause, cause at the end of the day, it's math, right? Yep. You got it. You got to hit certain points. Um, and I think you can, you know, you've seen a little bit of this in men's basketball. Um, you're starting to see it, I think invade our sport. And the fact that like scheduling has become a crux of how we get here. Yeah. How has, the allocation process kind of changed the way you look at scheduling and uh as we because i mean we've spent time this week looking at our schedule for next year and trying to work on on dates and tournaments and so on and so forth and so um as this data comes out while you're planning for 22 23 like how does it impact your decisions and, and where your brain is
1: yeah i um I mean, right, you're trying to get as many D1s as possible. So that's where you start and you're going to need the 15 D1 matches or the eight for a win percentage. And so you try to collect, you try to find a schedule that is going to allow you to get your 15 matches against D1s, uh, you know, a D1 schedule, as well as opponents where you can collect your win percentages, especially knowing that some weights in the Big Ten or most are very, very deep and, and it's tough to have that 70% or higher threshold to qualify the weight. So you're, you balancing that out. And at the same time, not beating your team up. You know, I know at one point now we're down to eight matches and that was, you know, with, with uh, six divisional opponents and then two cross division matches. We, th- we thought that was a good thing because going nine or 10 or more um, you know, it beats you up and you're still trying to get through the season, <clears throat> all of these, components to get your kids qualified and you know is from a weight perspective still be in 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 uh, in, in good shape physically and and meet all of these 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 trigger points and it's not perfect because remember it's 10 individuals you don't qualify as a team so while you may one kid may face a, a very friendly schedule where you know he got a lot of wins you know that other guy two weeks from you or whatever could have seen a brutal schedule as you just mentioned like like a Max Lyon or a Tom Panola or anybody, you know? So you can schedule teams with these things in mind, but it's not going to shake out for everybody. You know, it just could fall where man, one guy ran the gauntlet um, uh, in terms of his non-conference schedule. And now he's got a big 10 schedule. That's brutal too. Right. So his record's going to look different because he wrestled everybody in the country who's ranked where another guy could have had, had been a really friendly schedule non-conference wise, and, and looks different on paper. So that's why, you know, going into these, yeah, we're going to seed out. And, you, you know, at 84, you're going to have 12 guys that are able to go. But, man, he, uh, truly, this is where you can throw seeds out the out the window because these matches were all tight. And as we looked at it, I mean, we had headaches from trying to seed to 84. I mean, that was just, I mean, just brutal. So, you know, that that's the fun part, you know, for me. Like, hey, we're all going to make our own luck here. Uh, we got a chance to, to 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 peak now and and do our best wrestling. And that's all you can focus on, not what happened. You know, the
0: previous you know three or four months. I, I can let me jump in. I saw the sure. aftermath of you guys mapping out 84 on Tanner's whiteboard. <laughs> it looks like something from uh, from that movie, A Beautiful Mind. <laughs> it, it gave me a headache. I glanced at it for 30 seconds, and I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, I heard a rumor yeah. that.
2: um, Seating 184 pounds in the Big Ten has replaced waterboarding as torture in some countries. <laughs> yeah, um, like it, it was just, it was it was mind numbing. Like you could, you could spend weeks on it and never get it right because yep, yep. the the round robin of who beat who and so on and so forth uh, yep. was insanity. But um,
1: clearly the only guy who dodged, you know, not, not dodge, that's not the right word. The, who wasn't, you know, caught up in that mess was like Brooks, right. Uh, For one. And then you go down from there, man. And everybody had a loss to somebody, you know, and it it, it got murky. It got crazy. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, and then you, you throw in the added component, Tony, you know, you talk about scheduling and you talk about its importance at the end of the day, like you can put together the perfect plan for your kids. And for one reason or another, whether it's, uh, injuries, whether it's illness, whether it's ducking, whether it's whatever, like you may send your guys, got your guy out against all the right teams, but the other team, they don't put their guy out there. Yeah. What I mean? There, I yeah. don't remember. I don't remember who it was, but when we were going through uh, the Big Ten schedules, there was a guy, and he was from another team. It wasn't from our team. Um, their Big Ten record was like two and one against the field because yeah. for whatever reason, every single team they wrestled threw out their backup against that guy. Yeah. it was yeah. crazy. Like it was, just, you know, it was like it was like five of his eight conference matches
1: were against the backups. Yeah, and yeah. there's nothing. That's unfortunate. I mean, what's he gonna do? There's nothing he can do there. Yeah. And that, and that is a very unfortunate situation. You know what I mean? Cause I would personally, I feel like if you wrestle a limited number of matches, you should be penalized. You know what I mean? Now to your point in that situation, if he had nothing to do, he was out every duel, you know, right. wrestle, and he just simply didn't, he can't do anything about that. Exactly. But there, you know, there's other situations where man, people just don't, they're not wrestling. You know what I mean? Or maybe they wrestled a half a year. You know, and and I always feel like, hey, kids who are out there risking it, right, at week in, week out, every Friday and Sunday, you know, um, you know, I, I appreciate that. Maybe that's because that's how I feel. We put our guys out. You know what I mean? You know, if they, if they're able to go, we we don't hide guys. We put them out. You know, unless they're hurt, which then you know, obviously like, you're gonna hurt kid out.
2: Yeah, I mean, you had a guy like you No know, Coleman who, you know had the unfortunate luck to, to tweak a knee both in the you know semifinals at Cliff Keen and in the in the quarterfinals at uh
1: at the Matman at, open. Midlands 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> I go. Whatever you want to call it, right? Matman. Uh, yeah, the Matman. So
2: and that was, you know, that was a bummer for him because he missed some key matchups that would have really helped him, you know, yeah. come come create some clarity, come seeding time, both for
1: Big tens and for nationals. So, yeah, yes and no, except for, right. Like Rob wasn't available at Nebraska either. We were right. Rob was out, you know, it was ran backups out. Yeah, for sure. Those are, Um, those are the kinds of things that impact the seating. And and every year I'll say this every year as a coach, we can find things to complain about, you know, where there's, there's not a shortage of that. Right. I, like, I love my kids. I always want to see them see as high as I can get them, you know, when they've done great work and I think they're deserving and have earned things. But, um, you know, that's just not going to happen. So, uh, you know, here we go. Saturday morning, make way, get your toe on the line and and let's let's figure it out.
0: Yeah, I feel like I feel like this this scheduling allocations, uh, qualifications conversation is an entire show, maybe two entire shows. Uh, better the first, the, the first five weights and the second five weights. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> man, oh man. Um, so so let's get to the preseason now that we we kind of know the allocations a little bit. And I think we started twenty five, where where D Schroed got the the five seed coming in. Um, looks like a a fair seed, frankly. When you when you look at that weight, it is ridiculously deep. Um, and, and as much as anything, it's, it's a throw it in the blender. See what comes out. Uh, what do we think about one twenty five?
2: Tony, I'm gonna go first on this one. I'm gonna skip you. Um, 25 was crazy. 25 was, I think the second hardest weight to seed with 84 being the hardest. And the, the reason for that is, is because after Nick Suriano going undefeated, um, you know, at the top spot. Um, after that, you had a mix of either guys who wrestled a limited schedule, or guys that like beat each other in some sort of round robin fashion. And um, I'm really curious to see the votes when we get in the room with the coaches on Friday um, to see how everyone seated that because yeah, it's wild. You know, you've got yeah. you've got Barnett who beat Schroeder and Ayala who beat Schroeder, but Schroeder beat Diagostino who beat Barnett, and then you know. Devin's never lost to Malik Heinzelman who beat Drake Ayala. Mm -hmm. So like you just, you can keep going in circles and drive yourself absolutely mad looking at these things. And so, uh, and this, I I would love to hear you speak to this, but like, this is where I wish we would get a little bit more direction from the conference as far as what matters in seating criteria. Like first thing, this is most important, you know, head to head results. Yep. national rank is next important so on and so forth like if we had some yep. criteria like that where everybody was looking at it the same way i think we could get some sort of more consistent seeds
1: but yeah you know, you know but you can make a lot of different arguments i mean i you know to be fair um on this deal we there are I, most people do it, it, there's like hey a general uh criteria that we agree on like head to head means a lot and common opponents net, you know what I mean? But that's an unspoken, but that's an unspoken thing, right? Yes. I mean, yes, but you know, there's mistakes everywhere. Like if you go out and look at where, you know, conferences have just used head to head, take the ACC, for example, right? Wasn't it last night? I saw some, 74 where you've got lout from UNC who's going to be the one and he's ranked well below, uh, you know, guys like Makai Lewis and Heidley who have, you know, been mainstays for years. Like, for sure, is that how this should be? Or, or are you overweighting head to head because Lao stuck and pinned, you know, caught him on the, uh, you know, the, you know, in the duel? Right? Is that, is that right? Is that fair? Or how should you seed? So that's where, man, I tell you, it gets it gets tough, and that's where you know yeah, we can have a a set of criteria, but is that how you, do you apply it that that way? Like, do you say, are all wins built equal? Is that, you know, if they wrestled that match 10 times, is the UNC kid gonna, gonna beat Heidley that, you know, who comes out of that or does that, should that override everything that was done this season? Right. And that's where I like, you look at, like you said, you look at Devin, like
2: you make him the five seed, right? You're looking at a guy who's been a finalist the last two years He's gotten he got there as the number two seed in 2020. He got there as the number seven seed in 2021. Yeah, um, you know
0: what <laughs> is that? You early? Lost to twice is no longer around,
2: and is Definitely. and is like you know tabbed is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. You know they they put him on the they put him on the Mount Rushmore of Big Ten wrestling type of deal. Yeah,
1: like I mean, yeah, he's, no, so for sure it's 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 a tough it's a tough deal. You know what I mean? Um. You know, do I think he's a five? No. You know what I mean? Where, you know, where, where do I put Well, I'm, you know, three, four, you know what I mean? Is that that big a deal? No, but, you know, you want to fight for your kids and you want to get them, you know, where, where you think they're deserving and what they've earned. So something
0: you you say is that that big a deal, maybe not, but, but it also throws you on the other side of the bracket. So it might be a huge deal, you know, who knows? Sure. Well, yeah, because a lot of it is
2: matchups, as we talked about, the way that you know, A beat B, B beat C, C beat A, um, a lot of this is matchups. And so, yeah, getting on the right side of the bracket with the with the the people that you match up with the best can can be a big thing. Um, but at the end of the day, like Erzlin always says, you gotta go put your foot on the line and wrestle the matches. Sure. So uh, you know, it's it is what it is at the end of the day, right? Like I said, I'm really curious to see how the boats fell. Yeah. You know what I
1: mean? Friday, like- Friday at 1230 Central, we'll, uh, we'll see. We'll have our final seeding meeting. And I will tell people that some of these can change. Um, yeah. The way the criteria is dictated uh, to us, this is spelled out. If you're within three points, you can argue for you know a seed. You know what I mean? And so things can and probably will change, at least at a few weights. You know,
0: well, it, I really know some years now. that meeting goes pretty quick because you go, you go over certain things that have to be talked about. There's not a lot of discussion and everybody leaves. You have a nice yep. lunch and, and get back to your hotel. I don't think this is going to be that this year.
1: <laughs> we'll see. You know, we had, uh, we had at least three or four ties. I can't remember if it was four or three, at least three ties. Four four. Uh, was it four? Okay. Thank you. That we had to settle. So like we sent our in on Friday and Saturday, I got an email that said, Hey, here, these, here's all the athletes. And they listed them and sent their records, break the tie. Receive this. Yeah. <laughs> Voted and, and then, and then it came out. So we don't know again, how, how close the points are yet. We haven't seen that. And so there's going to be some weights where we, we argue for seeds and you could see things change. We could have guys move up and or down as, yeah. as everybody might. Sure. Uh,
2: 133 Matt Ramos is the nine seed. Um yep. Which is right about where we had him projected to be. He's going to meet Rutgers freshman Joe Oliveri um in his first match. Uh two guys, two freshmen. Uh should be a uh should be a pretty solid weight, but that one was a little bit easier to see, in my opinion.
1: Yes, yeah, no, no doubt. I thought that one shook out fairly, fairly simple. You know what I mean? And and you know, a couple of young guys are gonna see each other for the first time. Ah, another, I'll, best I'll best best possible. I'll say possible. I leave myself there, yeah, right. it all changed
2: yeah um, 141 this is another interesting one this was yeah. another one of the harder ones to seed and I think and this will go back to our conversation about NCAA allocations and how those work yeah uh, seven automatic bids at this weight um, our guy Parker Phileas earned
1: one of those seven bids but yeah. it's the 11 seed yep yeah. this is where um, you know, the, the data driven approach, um, kind of left some things, you know, that, that are biting some people in the butt because you had three guys and I believe all three were all Americans, right. That did not qualify the weight. Yes, sir. Guys like Chad red and Duncan and even Meechich from Michigan who didn't, didn't qualify the weight. So we should at least in my opinion, have had 10, you know, or more. Um, and we were one of the guys um, who did qualify the weight, but just because of, you know, uh, in-conference records um, and then not seeing people, mm-hmm. you, you're, you're pushed down there. So it's it's going to be interesting to kind of really see how this goes.
2: So, yeah, you talk about, it, you know, Chad Red's the four-seed. Uh, Jacob Bergelin from Minnesota is the five-seed who we did not wrestle because uh, yep. Illinois ran Marcos Polanco out. Uh, we didn't wrestle Michigan and Steven Michich, who's the six. We didn't wrestle Ohio State. De is the seven. Um, we lost to Zargo, who's the eighth. We didn't wrestle the nine. Dylan Duncan, Illinois sent out uh, Wee Rochelle. Um, And then we lost to Frankie Tal up at Northwestern. Yep. Um, so you look at that. So, oh, and oh, Chad Red, by the way, also did not wrestle in our duel at Nebraska. Correct. He's so got four, five, six, seven, and nine. Ahead of us who we did not have the opportunity to face. Yeah. Um, And three of those guys did not earn bids for the conference. And yep. while Parker's right where we thought he would be. Mm-hmm. It definitely leaves you with a lot of questions. And, you know, I guess that my question would be, this is, and this is, this leads me to this question. You talked earlier about how dropping the, uh, number of conference matches to eight was a good thing. Lessens the grind. Lessens the, you know, we wrestle such a tough schedule, you know, why beat ourselves up a little more? But then you get to this scenario where a few more matchups might iron things out a little bit be- better in a few different ways sure. if they saw more people. And so now I'm going to flip that question back at you that
1: way. Well, yeah, but you can't control it. I mean, we would have seen at least two of those guys, right? Like Duncan and red were on the schedule. And if we see them, how, how does that impact us? Right. Probably if you win, let's just say you have two Mm -hmm. opportunities to really move yourself up. And, you know, it's, it's a non-issue in in terms of us being inside the number or whatever, you know what I mean? Like you just can't control these things. You know, you, you can't ever control who's going to be in front of you. Right. And that, and we talked about that as a group, like you can't, I don't want guys looking at pre-seeds Now we talked about this last week, like don't look at the pre-seeds, and then certainly don't look at, at the bracket, you know, ahead of time, because the only thing you can do is face the guy who's in front of you. And if you expect somebody else to be there, all of a sudden he's beaten gone or he got pinned or whatever, now it's a different guy, you know, and now you've got to change mentally, you know, with your thinking or how you're approaching things. So again, man, it's, to me, it's, it's wasted energy. You know, and I'm not into wasting energy this time of year. Uh, I'm am I'm, I'm in you know I'm into conserving energy for the fight that's in front of us, right? Like we got we got a lot of fights coming uh, Saturday, Sunday, and I'd I'd prefer just to save my energy for those those fights. You know, um, especially when hey. hey Chad Red wasn't there. Uh, you know, Duncan wasn't there. That's out of our control. You know, yeah. Did did would we like a couple other ones back that hurt us for sure? Parker would want those matches back. I want back. But all you can do now is make sure you're ready for the next one. So I guess that's where I always land, you know, mm-hmm. Maybe for you guys and, and other people to debate. It's fun for the media. That's why they put them out. But man, yeah, I can't control it. I hope synergy energy on it. I hope nobody else is either on my team anyway.
0: So um, I, I'm glad you said you're going to leave it to, to us to do that because, you know, <laughs> this, this is the weight class that, that made my face the most red when, when I saw it come out. Um, and I'll, I'll stay off my soapbox as much as possible. Uh, the good news is there are seven allocations, but there's five at large bids in 41. Yep. And I got to think three of those should go to big 10 guys. Now, will they, I don't know, but I've got to think at least three of those should go to big 10 guys when it's all said and done. The problem yep. is you don't know that going into this weekend. So you, the only thing you know is you've got to finish seventh or higher. To punch your to punch yep. your ticket, to use the old cliche, uh, and, and I know our our the the previous uh, inhabitant of of Tanner's job, uh, her head just exploded. That I use that term, but uh, <laughs> you you have to go out and do what you can do, and not leave it up to you know the committee who who decides how those five get selected afterwards.
1: Yeah, no, there's no doubt. Um, hundred percent. Like I said, I'm not, I don't want to waste energy on his number, but I, this is where I also go back to, um, and maybe it's just because in this situation, right. It it pushed us down in in the seedings, but do you weigh head to head? Is that everything, right? Is that, you know, because we did, we lost a couple matches to guys that I can't argue. We lost the guys head to head and that pushed us down. Yeah. Okay. But then we also have some really good wins on our schedule. Like if you look at our schedule, man, we beat Willits, who's a top 10 or 12 kid in the rankings from Oregon state. And we were in the bracket with tall Shahar and we placed and we were in the semis in that tournament. And he, he didn't. Right. You know what I mean? So with a common opponents, we had succeeded or at least to a higher degree than he did. Um, and that's where, that's why you get these wonky seating sometimes at big tens that don't match rankings nationally, right? Like there's a lot of kids who could be ranked below us, but they're seated above us here yeah. because we lost the head to head and we weigh that pretty heavily. So again, it's not perfect, but, um, but I think it's better than where we were, you know, you know, a number of years ago. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, let's keep moving. Uh, 149, uh, Alec White, uh, the 14 seed had a tough run, um, from the fact that, you know, you look at the fact that he was injured in the first match of the year in what yeah. I still feel was a very unnecessary fashion. Um, you know, had to jump back in right in the meat of a big 10 schedule. Um, but yeah, you know, yeah. a guy that, you know,
1: anything can happen, right? Yeah. He, he should be a, a dangerous man. I mean, I, I'm hopeful, right. Or expecting all of our guys to be dangerous, right. You got to be the bad draw. You know, it doesn't matter. You, you're the, you're the bad draw for anybody. Um, but truly you think of his year, my first match ankle, bam, terrible surgery out for a couple months back. you now you're inserted during the middle of the big 10 season in that grind. Right. And, and you just got to make the best of it. You can. So truly, He's been training now, like, like it was his, you know, his November. So he's got through November and he's got match experience and he's in shape. Like he, he needs to go out there and let it rip, be the dangerous guy. Um, yeah. Forget the rest of it. You know, it wasn't what you wanted, but it's your senior year and you, here we are, you still have a chance, right? Here we are with the ups and downs to, to go into the big 10 championships and, and make something for yourself.
2: For sure. Uh 157, uh our highest seed of any weight class, Kendall Coleman earned the number four seed. Um, another guy, you know, we talked about Kendall's had some bumps and bruises and hasn't been able to wrestle in some matches. Um, and yep. so you know, that's probably as much of a product of his four seed as as anything else.
1: Yeah. And again, this is where you can, like I said, we're gonna wrestle but you know, I, I could sit around and make an argument for three. We didn't face the three. Uh, we had common opponents again in Vegas where we had a guy from Wyoming that we beat that Luan had lost to. We didn't face Rob. He beat Rob. I assume something like that was a deciding kind of uh match in in how those turned out. So, but again, you know, hey, we didn't see him. We, it, what do you want to weigh out here? You know what I mean? And how, how, how do you value it?
2: Right. So it's a, uh... You know, Kendall's a guy placed top five the last two years, second in 2020, fifth last year. Um, you know, he's a two-time national top 10 seed. Uh yep. obviously going to be a dangerous man both in uh in Lincoln and when we go to Detroit.
1: No, no doubt. Kenny's always dangerous. You know what I mean? Again, and I'm knocking to wood, everybody's healthy right now, right? And that's that's a big deal. Healthy and excited for what's coming. So That's, that's what you, what you need 65 and
2: 74. We both drew the seven seed, Um, you know, a huge accomplishment and statement for uh, for sophomore Hayden Lowry It's the guy who wasn't in the lineup. First half of the year um, jumped in as the starter at uh, in December against Iowa state and has put together a, uh, a solid little resume Um, wins over Dan Braunagle went over kale Carlson um you know put up 12 points and a nice win over david ferrante up at northwestern uh worked himself into an rpi mm-hmm. um and uh while he did not qualify the weight mm-hmm. he is seated within the seven so kind of a
1: opposite situation of uh of parker
2: phileas mm-hmm. no so, absolutely <clears throat>
1: not excited for hayden he's he's wrestling well as you mentioned he's a another dangerous guy in the bracket you know he's got some uh the ability to score, right. He's got some nice attacks and, and he's done well against good competition. So really excited to kind of watch him uh, uh, in this tournament. Absolutely. I'm pulling for him. The other guy there, uh, Garrett Ninehouse, the number seven seed at 174
2: pounds. Um, another crazy round Robin of this guy beat this guy and this guy beat this, beat that guy. I thought seven through like 11 was, was kind of crazy and all over the place, but yep. um, you know, Garrett qualified the weight um, has easily the best wins of a lot of those guys with his, his win over Mikey Labriola. Um, and uh, he, um, he should have a, a, another great shot to get back to nationals.
1: Yeah. He's faced a, a talk about one of those guys who's wrestled everybody. He's yeah a lot of people this year um, in that bracket. And again, um, he's, he's, he's talented and dangerous. And so if he's out there letting it rip and stays dangerous, he'll yeah he'll he'll be a, a force in the weight. He'll he'll be a guy that um you know could definitely upset some people maybe that are seated ahead of him and uh, and move up that podium. Um,
2: 184 pounds. Max Lyon is uh, 12 spots available. Max is the 13 seed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, crazy enough, he's got wins over the four seed and the 10 seed, but then also had losses to the five, the nine the 11 and 12. So, and, and that was, that was, you know, as Corey said, he looked at my whiteboard. Um, yeah. that, that was everybody, right? That was four through 13. Um, there, there were guys who, who beat this guy, but lost to this guy. And it was all over the place. Um, but at the end of the day, these guys are all going to have to wrestle because they're going to wrestle this thing all the way to 13th place. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's, yeah, that's a heck of a deal, ain't it? Um, And there's so many close matches everywhere. It's going to, it's going to be really interesting to see how it shakes out. (laughs) Max has been a guy he's been there, right. He's placed the last couple of years for us um, at big tens. You know what I mean? He's always, you know, he's a guy who's been through the battles and always does his best wrestling uh, at the end of the year. So I expect him to turn, some of those close losses around and, and be right in the mix, you know, with, with those guys.
2: 197 pounds, Thomas Panola, the number six seed. Uh, you know, Tom got off to a really red hot start for the season. Um, he hit a bit of a lull in December and January where he had a lot of really tough opponents right in a row. Um, and then finished strong with five straight wins to finish the uh, regular season. Um yeah he's got to be as, as dangerous a guy as we've got going to, going to Lincoln.
1: No, no doubt, man. He's, he's right there again. um, Very, very consistent in what you get from a performance and effort and everything else from him. And and that's key this time of year, that consistency is what pays you back. And so we're, again, I'm excited to watch him and even on, on a national scale, right? Like I think, you know, his, his uh, Big Ten schedule is one thing, right? It's just kind of a microcosm of his consistency. His national wins are very good, too. So you put him in a, in a national bracket with wins over some of those guys like Woodley and the Deprez guy, you know, um, he, he stacks up well. So that consistency he's shown all year is going to pay him back. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I definitely agree with you. I think so. Um, we'll see how it shakes
2: out. Right now he's projected to face Cameron Caffey in the, uh, in a, in a quarterfinal. And that's that, that would be obviously, he's got a dangerous opponent in Maryland's Jaron Smith in the first round. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that, that weight goes, goes pretty deep. I think there were 11 qualifiers at that weight. So it'll be, uh, it'll be really fun to see how that one, how 197 shakes out. I think it'll be one of the more entertaining brackets, I think for the weekend personally. Could be last, certainly not least. Our guy, Michael Wolf, the 11 seed at 285 pounds. Uh, this was one that was pr- relatively, you know, I should say easy to seed um, yep. just because, it, you know, it fell together nicely. Um, you going to be nine qualifiers at this weight. So that means you're going to have the top eight and then the six guys that don't make the podium will wrestle a backside bracket for the final qualifying spot. Um I think that situation in itself has got to make Michael Wolf a dangerous man.
1: Well, I mean, with his style, he's just dangerous period. Right. Like we've right. said all year and um, you know, I'm just excited for him. He got a year back. I think he feels really good. He made it through the year. I mean, we've talked about his story enough. So people kind of know like the fact that here he is, he's a senior again, an opportunity, you know, in a major tournament like big Ten's, and he is a dangerous guy anyway. Like, uh, I'm excited just to watch him go out there and, and, and throw everything he's got at some of these guys, you know, guns a because what else does he have to lose? You know what I mean? So, uh, truly the definition of a, of a dangerous guy in, in a pinner to boot. They're not going to take
2: away his opportunity to get a PhD in chemical engineering, no
0: matter what happens this week. No matter what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: My man came off a of six year, was it six years of work or whatever? Uh, yeah. So, I think he's, he's, he's pumped to be where he's at and have this opportunity. That's like I said, that's all you want for these guys is they're excited and they want to make the most of that opportunity. They have,
2: you know, we've talked about this probably at nauseam this year, but I think it's worth bringing up again, like, what does it do for your team and for, you know, the attitude of the team going into this weekend to have a guy who has that much perspective and like a realistic approach to like, you literally have nothing to lose this weekend.
1: Yeah, I, well, I, what it does for your team is, is the key part of this, right? It's, it's team because, you know, this time of year, it's really easy just to get centered on yourself, right? Um, and I don't always think that's a good thing, right? Like you, you do all of this hard work all year and everything you talk to your guys about is bring that hard work out, and some guys make, make it go in, right? They get internal and they think and they get quiet and all the what ifs and the things that can go wrong. And you want to start thinking about everything that can go right and your team is part of that. And so how he's impacted the team is a great thing. I think the, the, the word that's been used out there, it makes your world bigger, right? There's more reasons to fight, more things to do for you and your teammates. And it keeps you from going internal. And that's what you want. You want to bring everything out. You know, I, I want to be excited for what I can do and what the team can do. And, and I think Michael's been great for that as well. You know, that, that's my impression of what he's done. And, and a lot of our guys, not just, not just Michael, you know what I mean? But, but so many of our guys on our team, you, you think about why, go all the way back to why Max Lyon and uh, and uh, Devin Schroeder came back, right? It wasn't just for them. It was their teammates and that experience And I think those things are incredibly helpful this time of year. There's more reasons to be just excited than just for yourself. And that's where you see a lot of guys do their best wrestling. Uh, I know uh, Christian Bruner did some of his best wrestling his senior year. And he often talks about uh, he was uh, as much focused on the team that year as he was himself. And it allowed him to free up and do his best wrestling because he wasn't sitting around just thinking about himself. You know, he was thinking about his team and that opened him up and made him a better wrestler. And that's what you want this time of year. You want more reasons, um, you know, to bring all of that out, that hard work and everything you're doing and and reasons to fight for things. So that's where I think Michael's had a great impact as well as, like I said, other guys, uh, that we've just talked about, you know, Devin, you know, Max and, and a lot of other guys on the team. It's a good, it's a good thing for your team this time of year. Absolutely.
2: Uh, one last thing to talk about, you know, in this seating conversation to throw at you, um, we have had a really nice trend over the last two years, uh, with eight guys placing in both 2020 and 2021. Um, another another statement that obviously is incredibly positive, and something that you know we're trying to make a trademark of this team um, is guys wrestling at or above their seeds. Mm-hmm. You no, know, you, you get you earn your seed on the season, and then you go out and you try to, you know, meet it or or exceed it and uh, 12 of our 16 placers over the last two years have either met or exceeded their seed at Big Tens, Um, and we've got some great scenarios where, uh, you know, the T is set to to do that again. Um, How do you instill that mindset in your guys?
1: I just think it's uh, knowing that it's a reset now, not, not a complete do-over, right? Like all of your hard work to this point should pay you back, but um, there's never anything written that a November loss, a December loss, a January loss uh, affects what March can be for you. You know, understanding that as an athlete, that this is part of the journey and to use that old coaching phrase, right? The process, you know, this has been part of the process. It's a part of the journey And you learn from it and you move forward and that, that, that loss in say January or December doesn't have to mean a thing in March. And that's what you try to instill in your guys. So they understand, you know, Hey, go out, still got my opportunity still there. You know what I mean? It's, it's in my hands, make the most of it. Corey,
2: anything else on big 10 seeds and, and, and how we, we got here.
0: Uh, one quick note on, on Heavy, like you said, they're going to do the backside bracket for ninth. Uh, that's another one of the weight classes that has five at-large selections hanging out there. So uh, not only winning ninth, it could be huge, but, but getting to the final of that backside bracket could be massive as well uh, for the 10th place finisher, putting themselves in a really good spot for, for an at-large selection. I think we've, we've covered everything I wanted to Coming into today, coach and then you some feel, you feel good about the show, as good as you do about the team.
1: Yeah, like I said, I you know there, there's a lot there, right? We could go in circles. I really do like I I sometimes wonder as we went through this 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 uh this show, you know, you, you almost talk in circles, or at least I feel like that, right? Like 184, we went in circles. You know, did I make
2: any sense?
1: So I do apologize on some level to people, but hey, you know, um it's fun right I love it you know and, and we get a chance to settle it which is the ultimate thing so um it's been a great year and yes uh, I've enjoyed it I uh, enjoyed this show hopefully people got something out of it you know and how we go around and around with some of these things and how we view them but uh, but it should be a great weekend I just hope that nobody watches this and
2: has a thought to like the scene from uh from Billy Madison where the guy you know at no point any 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 part of this conversation, <laughs> your incoherent ramblings make any sense. You know, and we are all dumber for having listened to it. <laughs> I award you zero points and
1: may God have mercy on
2: your soul.
0: Great clue.
1: Yeah.
2: As long that as nobody true. has that reaction to the show,
1: I'm good. <laughs> I love it. Yep. Yeah. But no, it's 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 great. Um, you know, we're excited and and as I said, this time of year to be excited and 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 prepared is is where you want to be.
0: We'll travel safely to Lincoln. Uh, good luck this weekend for those of us, for those of you who, like me, can't make it to Lincoln. Uh, coverage all day Saturday on the Big Ten Network. Uh, they'll they'll be doing some feature mats. They'll be doing some quad box coverage, like uh, like they rolled out last year. Should be fantastic. In the last couple of years they've really ramped up their their postseason coverage, so uh, you can you can see Boilermakers. All weekend long on the Big Ten Network. Um, check it out there. If you can't uh, see it on the feature match, Big Ten Plus definitely, definitely will have that uh, that access as well. So, boys, we'll we'll leave it there. Like I said, travel safe with Lincoln. I know, I know you leave soon, and uh, can't wait to can't wait to get back next week and talk about all the results. Till then, boiler up.